You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today is Teresa Huang, Product Director at Redbubble. Teresa has been a product professional for over a decade and has worked in diverse industries and organizations of all shapes and sizes, including e-commerce, fintech, aviation, health insurance, and financial institutions. Teresa's passion is to never stop learning and sharing her experiences and to inspire and motivate the next generation of ambitious product managers and leaders. Today, we're going to be having a chat about product careers, and Teresa is going to share her ideas on what product folk can do to level up. Welcome to the Product Edge, Teresa. Hello. Fantastic. Teresa, you've got a fascinating career. So can we start by giving us an overview of your career? And importantly, I guess what made you have a career and um, and get into the product management space? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started my career as a business analyst, more uh, in the tech space, still in the tech space. Um, and the colleague of mine at the time was actually in product, and he asked me if I wanted to join his startup part time. So after hours, because I had such a passion of wanting to develop a business on my own, and um, and then during the time when I was working on the startup, I moved to Nab Labs where we launched a startup on the side while working full-time. And my manager at the time was like, hey, do you want a product manager role or product owner role? Um, Because she saw the passion I had for product development and then that I was developing the skills outside of the work. So for her, you know, she had the, I guess she had the the power to be able to open that door for me. And she's like, why not? You just seem hungry for it. and, uh, and this started my whole professional journey into product management. Um, like you said, I worked across many different organizations to learn what product management is like because they are very so different still in different organizations in terms of their sizes and the level of maturity um, around the product uh, space as well. Fantastic. And you're absolutely right. It just takes that one leader to, to see your passion and spark and, and to give you that, that opportunity. Um, just there, you mentioned sort of joining a startup um, on the side, a bit of a side hustle, which I know is so popular at the moment. What what was that like, like the reality of it? Because I think it sounds very glamorous and, uh, and yeah. fun, but what's the reality of trying to do a side <laughs> hustle with your yeah. job? <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. It's um, Look, it's me working a full-time job from like, you know, your nine to five job. After that, you may have dinner and then from 7 p.m. to maybe like 1 a.m. is where you're pumping out lots of startups. So a lot of the startup work. So it was really taking into market, like working with offshore teams, whether it's it was in India or in um, Ukraine, you had to work in those hours. You had to ensure, you know, that what their building's right and you've got to constantly test with them. So it it sounds great, but it's a lot, a lot of focus and a lot of energy. Um, and for me, the passion really took over. So if it's something I was really, really enjoying, the time didn't matter. Like I would still wake up at like, you know, 
7.30, get to office at 8, 8 a.m. and still just doing my job without really feeling much um, because I think I was just really embraced into it and it connected to my to NAB Labs because that, that's what NAB was focused on, you know, building little startups internally, working with startups externally. So it had a nice alignment to it. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, you you made the transition into product management from being a BA and this is a really interesting um, topic at the moment. A lot of the businesses that my company, Middleton Executive, work with are SaaS product businesses, heavily driven by by technology. And there is a real demand for product folk that come from a very technical background, be it software engineers, developers. Um, and I know, having spoken with many product leaders, it's a really hotly debated topic. Do you, do you feel um, either way, whether you you know, you should come from a, a software engineering background into product or or more the commercial business side, such as yourself, sort of from the BA? Yeah, I think it should come from any anywhere, to be honest. Um, someone who understands, you know, what exactly you're building for and building the right thing. So it could, for example, yes, come from software engineering because they've got the technical capability to know how to construct the product, but they do have to learn how to navigate the world of building the right product for the right people. Um, similar to your business Alice side, like we have analytical skills and stakeholder management skills. So soft skills is quite heavy in the BA space. Uh, we're not highly technical, but then for them to become a product, one is, you know, know how to kind of build the right product for the customer, but two, also how to work with the engineering team to actually um, uplift a more scalable and reliable product when it comes to build. Yeah, really good point. I think the the soft skills in product management would be really hard to learn if it's not sort of an innate quality because there's so many sort of intangible tangibles that that, that you have to navigate and influence <laughs> um, and the like. So Teresa, you're a really strong believer in sort of career progression and, you know, that that's not limited to the company or the business that you're currently part of and 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 really believe, you know, that there's a whole world of opportunities that outside of your company um, so that people can level up and um, help further their careers. What, what does that look like practically for you? Yeah, um, totally. Like I really believe in like um, if you really truly want to grow your career, you need to take control of it. Um, you know, company can only give you so much in terms of exposure, experience, and education. Um, for example, like, you know, some of the companies nowadays have zero budget for learning because of just the economic issue we're facing, right? And that's just kind of the reality. But then it turns into it's your responsibility if you really want to grow to seek other ways. So a um, couple of examples I can give you. The one is the startup. So it gave me full exposure into the product management world, working with the engineering team, finding out what is MVP, making decisions, prioritization, think about how you go to market to launch into Singapore while you're in Melbourne. And then the founder themselves had that product uh, background that could always coach me on a day-to-day basis as well. So learning a lot from him was probably a huge step of my product growth as well. And that's someone that I've connected with um, till today. You know, we, we kind of jam on different product ideas or problems, so that doesn't go away. Um, another example is as you become a senior PM, the people leadership becomes highly critical because you have to start coaching someone to learn your craft and to be able to deliver the same, same outcome as you have without giving any answers away on like how you do it. So 
the company at the time when I became a senior PM gave me a couple of PMs to manage. Um, but for me, like I wanted to get more kind of clock more hours into the experience so I can feel a bit more confident when I'm going back to my organization coaching the PM. So I started to look for like PMs that wanted to, BAs that wanted to get into product, junior PMs that had no coaching but wanted to kind of level up as well. Um, so I started just coaching them voluntarily outside and that became a model into a paid one-on-one coaching session, which was a business I never thought of. Um, and it was all situational based. There was no framework is there, but I'm a big true believer. I was like, you take what you need for your framework based on your situation. And so coaching them through the situation has really helped. Um, and something you can actually find internally in your company without budget. So for me, this is a real life current example that as a product director, my two growth areas to keep continuing growing is like forming company strategy, tying that to a product strategy, and then tying that to a commercial lens. Um, so I have my head of revenue manager. She's been coaching me around how does our business operate? What are the numbers looking like? The commercial acumen side of things. And then I've got our company VP of strategy who's coaching me around how to form, how we think about our business moving forward from this economic um, issue we have um, and what does the next you know, 12 to 24 months would look like. So a couple of hours from them once a month uh, really actually has been helping me growing and thinking very big macro view of our business. Um, and then something really simple is find volunteer programs like me volunteering with the Melbourne Accelerator Program to coach startups in product management. Um, this allows you to have a chance to actually coach your craft to these people who have an entrepreneur mindset. They don't really have a, a full product thinking there. And then um, also you're able to get more exposure into the different problem spaces and how do you leverage your product to solve these tricky problems as well. Absolutely, and I love that you uh, you mentioned there that you still jam with your your product <laughs> mentor. I remember one of my very first podcast episodes I did with Nick Costa from Brainmates, and he was talking about the importance of product teams being allowed to 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 jam a bit like a, a band would. You just come together and and jam product ideas. And he was saying, you know, developers and and that they they get more time for that, and and that businesses need to craft out time for. Or product folk to do it and the fact that you're doing it in, in your own time as well is is just amazing. Yeah, and it's actually a culture that we in Red Bubble actually we picked up from engineers. Like engineers do pairing all the time. And so the product managers like, why can't we pair with each other? So there will be product managers who needs a bit more commercial acumen. So they'll pair with another PM who's got a stronger commercial lens. Some will pair around like the craft of discovery. And so they're always pairing. And I think um, I think we've got like seven PMs now at the moment. So they're all kind of on a rotation with each other. So it used, it used to be kind of like not forced, but kind of like, hey, let's start something. Now it's just organic and they know who's got strength and who's got like improvements to be made. Um, and it's you're just the whole function is growing together, which is really, really nice. I love that. I think that's a, a fantastic idea. And and you're right, taking that opportunity to to grow and develop personally and professionally is so important. I remember when COVID first hit and, and recruitment was impacted quite significantly and, and we were very quiet in, in the business for a period. And um, I decided, you know, I wanted to 
put my product manager hat on and create this podcast now. And I um, sat there and I was like, okay, you know, did a market analysis. And then I did the, you know, who are my personas and, and, and just really got into that, which, you know, has resulted in what three years later, the podcast is still going today. I'm talking to you and I've had some amazing guests and um, it's really helped me understand product management. So when we are recruiting for whether you're a junior product manager, all the way up to C-suite CPOs that we've placed, it's given me a much deeper understanding of of the craft, um, and I think that sort of professional and personal development is is so important. Um, Teresa, I guess that professional development and self learning might be new for some people. What would be your suggestions and recommendations on you know how do they start? Where do they start? If if I'm a product person listening to this and and this is a new idea or a new concept, how how do I go about it? Yeah, um, a good source, like LinkedIn is such a great um, resource, to be honest, um, is to start leveraging your network. You can even like type like, hey, product managers or head of product, and you just find a whole bunch of people and you might, you know, want to send a couple of cold messages here and there. But it's such a great way to uh, find coaches, but also um, give you the exposure into the environment. So there are also product communities um, within Australia. So you've got your product anonymous community, which I attended one of their um, sessions the other week, leading the product, as you know, this huge product conference every quarter. I've got the product coalition. You've got product academy, which David does like a lunch and learn now. Like I think it's back on Friday and that's completely free. You get Anthony running his product pathway. So there's just so many communities and they are actually all on Slack. So you can actually sign up for their Slack. And then within there, you'll see like how they've broken down the Slack is like, if you're looking for a job, if you want to get into product, um, there's so much resources between all these communities. You can get a lot of free ones and then you can get a lot of paid ones as well. Fantastic. And you've been very humble there. You um, neglected to mention your own YouTube channel. (laughs) So um, look, you have got a YouTube channel um, dedicated to helping product folk level up and and your content is fantastic. I've been, I've been following for a while. What, what inspired you to to start that? Yeah. So um, while I'm doing the one-on-one coaching uh, outside of work, you know, life gets busy. You start a family. Uh, So we've got a, you know, two-year-old and so I think for me, I, I stopped all that one because I couldn't just give the time I needed because I do find if you're, you know, if you're paying for one-on-one, you want to definitely get value out of, um, out of this. So my preparation for each of my one-on-one just, I just didn't get enough time. Uh, it could be me just highly critical of myself. Um, so, so I thought about, you know, so I stopped everything because I wanted to prioritize family first. That was probably the first thing. And then from there, I was just thinking about how do I scale my knowledge and how do I scale to tell the community more about what is product management, what are the roles responsibility, because I know there's still a lot of confusion in a lot of organisations. Um, and then while I was, you know, doing family stuff, I've been following these YouTubers for about four to five years all around productivity because I wanted to learn how to extract more valuable time um, and connect them to my goals. And these YouTubers actually showed me, you know, um, their progress of learning. And they were like, this is what I was started with. This is how I learned. And just sharing um, their everyday kind of reading a book review or something they've learned around productivity and being really, really realistic around their journey and not just painting a beautiful picture. They're like, oh, God, this takes ages. But also, you know, you need to be patient to level up. 
and I, and I just thought, you know, why don't I just start this channel, <laughs> you know, um, because I also have a passion around video editing production. So for me, it was like, how do, what, what kind of channel should I start with? Um, and I was like, what a better way just to talk about what I know, which is product and, and just sharing everything that I, that I know and help me, you know, level myself up, um, professionally. And then what are the hurdles I went through and just trying to provide that we get it like it's really hard. Some days are just really tough, but you know, you've got a community that helping to support you to ride through that. Amazing. How you're juggling it all uh, <laughs> blows my mind as one working parent to another. I also have a, a two-year-old turning two this this weekend. What does your daily routine look like? You know, what product productivity hacks have you mastered that gives you the time to do this? Well, I think so four years ago, when I started looking at these, there was a lot of talk about waking up at 5 a.m. and making most of your mornings, right? And so I was really a night owl because of the startup. You had to do night night out, and I was very productive there. I had to change my routine to be more morning because morning is quieter. No one's awake except for you. Um, so for me, I do, I have changed my habit um, thanks to you know, Atomic Habits, the book, um, I have changed my habit and I do wake up every day at 5 a.m. And those times are really for me to kind of uh, focus on the side things, so the YouTube, and then I'll kind of clock into my everyday work from about 7 p.m. onwards, or 7 a.m. onwards. Um, those are 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. is what we what I call deep work for work. So these are critical long-term thinking things I need to write up. Um, and then by nine o'clock as a director, you're just back to back in meetings or you're just kind of on the side to make sure that your team's okay. People can reach you, especially virtually. You're not, you don't have that kind of physical, you don't know where people are. You just want to on standby on Slack really half the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then, you know, finish at five. So 5 p.m. is I definitely have to finish because otherwise my wife is like, where are you? That's where I clock into parenting. <laughs> uh, 5 to 9 p.m., do, you know, the dinner, the bath, the bed, and then 9 p.m. onwards, if I do have some energy, I might work a bit about my content or a little bit on work as well. Absolutely. It is uh, it is a challenge juggling it all, and I think, yeah, um, you know, relearning habits and forming new habits I thought I had a great routine until a, a little two-year-old entered the world and, and then you have to shake it all up again. <laughs> yeah. And then, and master that. Um, okay. So look, I don't feel like we can talk about career progression without touching on sort of product careers, um, broadly speaking. And I guess, you know, product careers is an interesting one and one I've been talking about quite a lot lately. Um, as perhaps, you know, they're not as clearly defined as as a other disciplines, engineering and and the like. What's your thoughts on um, capability matrices and and how one can measure themselves and all be peer-to-peer -peer or even with a leader? Yeah, um, I actually really like a good capability matrix, um, especially in the world of product where we go super different. Um, and I don't think we've nailed down um, very good capability measure until I met uh, Nicole Berlin that was the previous guest. So I worked with Nicole. She had an amazing like product capability metrics which um, allow us to really get close to um, assess our re direct reports but the individual PM as well. 
So she kind of looked at the level of experience that you needed through coaching. So she would have things like, okay, do you require coaching, minimal coaching? Are you actually performing uh, autonomously or and can you coach others? And then she'll break down the section around the craft into like four sections, how you own the product, the vision critical thinking about the bigger picture thinking, how you do discovery and delivery, and then the leadership. So that kind of, that metric has given us and also each capability has its own line item like customer focus, um, delivery practice. So it gave us a really good expectation of where PM sat and for themselves as well. And it gave um, ourselves as leaders to really um, tell PM where they need to improve on. Now, in terms of the growth, there will be like, you know, some areas that's like a lot of red. But for us, the the key message that she's, you know, coach the leaders is, is like give them one or two goals to focus on in the next six months because you don't want to boil the ocean with so many goals and they're not going to achieve it. Like get them to focus on just two get really clear on the actual action you want them to provide. And then from from a leader perspective, how are you going to expose them to get that experience? So it's our job to actually put them in these situations so they can actually do the craft and understand um, the experience as well. So that's been super helpful. And I have never seen such in-depth kind of capability matrix at all in my other organizations before. Absolutely. I know from talking to Nicole over the, over the years, she's very passionate about that. Um, and, and look, one of the things that, that I do when working with product leaders or, or founders when we're hiring for, for product teams is actually give them a capability matrix that we've developed here at Middleton Exec. And actually, before we go to market to just replace somebody that that's left the business or, you know, when a new role is is created, it actually asks them to assess their existing team and then mm-hmm. and then go to market with actually looking for complementary skills. Um, and that's resulted in in really great product hires. And in nearly the seven years that that we've been specializing in product recruitment, we've literally had um one person not pass probation in that that seven years. So I'm a real advocate in that capability matrix and, and assessing where people are at and also the complementary skills you can bring to to a product team. With um with capability matrix and and um and feedback and, and product careers, a lot of it is obviously very soft skills. Sure. How do you know where your growth areas are? Because I think if it's, you know, if it's a practical skill um, or a technical skill, you often know if you're not great. Like people say Canva's easy to use. It is not. I am the worst designer on the planet. I can't even use Canva. So I know I'm not good with that. But from a product perspective and those soft skills, how do you assess that, Teresa? Yeah, it's really funny you said that um, and this question around soft skills because I was listening to one of Lenny's podcasts for product yesterday. And they said that, um, I think it was the guy from Slack, a uh, director from Slack, and he said that the the role of the product manager job is to really facilitate pace and quality decision-making um, because they're seeing this new trend of product manager who goes, oh, I'm the product manager. It's very power-hungry to make decisions. Um, and we completely undervalue the soft skill that goes into every single day. Um, for me, how I kind of like get to understand my growth areas in the soft skill area is pretty much two things. The first one is to seek feedback regularly. So for me, um, it's important to me personally to be able to ask for feedback and create that relationship with my team, stakeholder, or other leaders, that psychological safety that they are able to, 
you know, immediately message me and be like, I didn't like what you just said there. It just didn't make sense. Or like, hey, the way you came across, or even like my facial expression in video, they're like, you look completely out of it, you know. Um, make sure, you know, when talking to the team, um, you know, let's just put some energy behind it. So you can get real-time feedback and you can get honest feedback if you create that um, kind of environment. Um, and the other one is really well, having the feedback is create that self-awareness. Um, the self-awareness part is so important, especially with product, because you're working with so many people to make a decision and to kind of build something pretty big. And it helps you to understand where you're lacking, but then where you are also interested in and where you want to grow as well passionately. So those two are the kind of two things I I always look at when just trying to figure out, you know, where's my growth in my soft skills? Absolutely. And and you touched there on, on feedback and I think sort of product careers, progression, anything like this relies so much on, on feedback. And some businesses are great at creating, you know, that psychological safety that, that you mentioned. Um, but it also takes a lot of vulnerability to ask for feedback um, and then to actually digest and I guess absorb and, and listen to to feedback. Um and, and you shared a really, really um shocking example of, <laughs> of feedback with me. Can can you share that with us? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I think it's yeah, you, you touched on all these points around it feedback is not just hey, just give me feedback. It does take a lot of courage to ask for feedback and to actually receive it and like you said, digest it. And thinking that not like your mindset is not going, oh, I'm not good enough for this job, therefore I'm going to quit. So the mindset is really, really important um, to try to continue on shifting to that growth mindset, um, and to not and focus on the key takeaway that you can take from the learning rather than kind of the action, like in the action, rather than saying, oh no, they hate me, like and take it personally. Um, so yeah, it kind of leads to my example of like. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, I was expressing like kind of my career aspiration with someone um, and they were like, you know, you're pretty poor performing in your job. Um, you know, I don't think you should get into senior management because one, you're an Asian, two, you're a woman. And if you look at the senior managed leadership, there's always like white men um, and it's just going to be hard for you to get in there. So it's almost like you should just quit while you're at it, you know. Um <laughs> It's and it's yeah, it's horrible, right? It's it's really something that it still happens today, you know, obviously, um, which is why I want to share it because we want to create awareness and we want, you know, we want to build a cycle, you know, a, a psychological safety environment in the product community to be able to share this and and provide support for those people. But what I really looked at was kind of the the you know, me not performing my role part was really like, okay, can you break it down for me? Like which part am I not doing well? Did I not run the workshop well? Did I not give the you know the product thinking? Like which part? And you want to really push them to give you constructive feedback because maybe they just hate me. Who knows, right? But you just want to go, okay, which part of it? So you can actually start to anchor and understand their feedback because any feedback you can always take something away and learn from. Um, so I did ask them, hey, can you break it down? You know, what is the poor performing part? Um, can you list a couple of things or even tell me some examples so I can understand that and be very aware next time. Um, and then I forgot about the whole Asian women can't be in the senior management lead. That's, that's, that's just a different 
thing that I can't control. Um, but it's something that, which is why I guess creating the YouTube channel, being female, being Asian, putting myself out there and be like, hey, you can also do what I do um, and just kind of relate to my community as well. So, um, yeah, so that's the the feedback. That that You took that feedback so graciously to even try to, I guess, unpack that feedback from that person to find a positive, to take something that you can work with and work on is just remarkable, Teresa. Um, but I guess n- not everybody may be as strong-willed as you or as resilient as you. Um, how, you are being vulnerable when you ask for feedback. How do you not let negative feedback defeat you? Um, for me, it's like to be honest, they do defeat me t- at time to time. Like it's not, I'm not, you know, I'm not built rock solid. Um, they do hurt, I've got to say. But with all that, you've got to, and this is coming to your mindset, like you do have to take that and go, okay, what can I work with? You always have to go, what can I work with? There's going to be people that shifts your world tomorrow because they have the power to, right? Um, and for me, it's always like, okay, what can I take the positive out of that? And then just throw away the negative. Um, that's one thing you've got to work with. yourself. the second part is really a support network. Um, and by being on YouTube, to be honest, there's so many people that have reached out going, Hey, we should collab. Hey, I love what you're doing. I've never had anyone like, okay, I had a couple of people be negative, but I'm like, great. I'm an influencer because I got haters out there. You know, I'm a real influencer now. Um, but like the community is really, really open and the community wants to build a very safe environment. Even at the Product Anonymous, like Liz opened up going, this is a safe environment. We can talk about whatever you want is safe in this room. Um, so for me, the network is so important. The support is really important. So if you've got, if you've got a bad day like that, you know, take a moment, do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel better. You know, have, even have a cry. It's fine. Have a cry, have ice cream, watch some show that you'll enjoy. And then reach out to your network and just discuss what you could do together. Um, and they can provide some really critical, um, you know, some really critical kind of feedback or advice to you as well. And, you know, Nicole, someone that I, I reach out to as well as a, as a leader, she's always there for me um, as a friend, um, as a leader. So we just, I feel like the product community builds such a strong bond. Um, and with, we, are, we are here to help each other as well. Definitely. And I think, um, you know, there's always going to be haters out there. There's always going to be people that have biases and prejudices and and want to judge us for whatever reason. That's, to be honest, quite personal to them. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, having people like yourself and Jen and Liz and, and Nicole share these these stories and vulnerabilities is amazing. Because um, to your point, I think these discrimination situations happen and people are judged and I think the more people out there that are talking about it and sharing their experiences will help others I know I've been on the receiving end of a of a, a male asking me if I plan to have children after I got married and how that would impact my senior leadership position and uh you know here I am with a two-year-old running a business with a podcast um it's not easy but but it can be done and I think it is important to share our experiences with each other and I think yeah you're 100% right the product community is really supportive. It's one of the most supportive that that I've been fortunate to be part of. Yeah, totally. 
So, Teresa, look, you've had such an interesting career and you're you're so inspiring sharing your insights and, and, and your podcast. What's been your greatest achievement um, to date professionally, aside from your, your wife and, and your beautiful baby? What's your greatest professional achievement? Yeah, I think for me, uh, when I when you ask me that question, I just think back like um, it's not really a result. For me, it was really like testing my own ability and pushing my own boundary. And I think I do have to go back to the startup that I did, you know, to be able to work a nine-to-five job and then doing startup part-time, launching that into Singapore while being in Melbourne. Um, like I just kind of look back and my, I still look back and go, oh, my God, I did that. Like I did that. And I, I spent six years in that part-time, um, working those crazy hours, working with so much unknown cold emails to product and PRs and marketers um, and just um, – actually looking at customers signing up to the product overseas and then hearing about it at a birthday party, actually. Like someone was like, did you know there's this product? And when I came from Singapore, I used it. Uh, it's just, yeah, it still blows my mind, to be honest. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, Teresa, it's been amazing talking to you today. How can we stay connected with you going forward? Uh, yeah, so um, you can connect with me on my LinkedIn um, profile, um, but also, you know, feel free to jump on my channel, um, subscribe and like, and even comment. Please comment on the videos or send me some more messages if you like to see different types of content, um, any particular topic you're really, really interested in and just get people discussing, really. Excellent. And I will include all those handles in the show notes so people can find you nice and easily. Lastly, what would be one piece of advice you have for aspiring product managers today? Yeah, I think um, cool. um I think aspiring product managers, if you really want to progress in your career, I think you one of the big things you have to keep telling yourself is let go of your ego. Um, as you progress, as you get feedback, there's no such thing as bad feedback or poor information. I find that you always get every piece of information is very different and then they can contribute to the progress um, no matter how big or small in your career. You heard it here. Let go of your ego so you can level up. Teresa, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on The Product Edge. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.